Hi, friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Love, and today is just another amazing, important conversation to be had with another awesome human being. So Brianna and I connected on the same facts and same life story in a way where we've lived parallel lives in a way. And we both were very high achieving women, but also feminine, empathic women that want to make a difference in the world, that want to achieve, that want to make our mark, leave our mark in this world, but also let ourselves right into burnout in various ways. And I am sure that this message will resonate with many other women out there, especially all you moms. So I can't wait for her to tell you guys all about her crazy story and what she's done to pivot there. And then we're also going to discuss like how we can create more balance in our lives and how we can still achieve and make a difference, but also not at the sake of our sanity, our health, our happiness, or to sacrifice our families either. So Brianna believes a peaceful, home and purposeful brand can coexist. As a business owner, productivity coach, and system strategist, she loves helping women, especially fellow moms, gain clarity and confidence. She specializes in helping women identify what skill sets they can monetize and how they can best share their story and understand how to put taking care of themselves on their to-do list, which should be a non-negotiable. We'll put that there because if you are not in a good place, Nobody else is going to be able to be in a good place in your family because I feel like as women, we are actually the leaders of our household and of our family. Like the men lead in a different way. We are the leaders of all the little people and we help guide men. So if we aren't in a good place, we can't be this cohesive team. So Brianna, tell me about this time in your life and what led to it. Yes. So first, Jessica, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I tell people that, you know, I don't take it lightly because we as podcasters, we cultivate these communities, right? And it's it's kind of what people talk about with influencing. They're like, hey, I'm not just telling y'all about this brand because they're paying me. I really enjoy it, right? But they yes. also are very intentional about the brands that they present to their audience because they have built that uh, relationship up. And so I just see the same thing when people have me on as a guest. I'm like, listen, you all have your beautiful Courage Revolution community that you have cultivated. And so I'm gl- glad to be able to hang out with you all virtually today. But yes, I am the anti-burnout queen. And I'm the only only reason why I'm anti-burnout is because I've experienced it not once, but twice. Um, my first mm. time I passed out pregnant in my car at seven months. And everyone's always like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Is your baby okay? Yes, we're fine. He's going to be seven this year. I have two more boys that they're uh, bouncing and loud and all of those things. So we're good. But it was such a scary experience more than anything else, because like you and I were talking about offline, I just did not realize that that was the place that I had allowed myself to get in. Um, I had taken out one of my mentees for lunch. We get in the car. I'm like, hey, girl, you mind if I just like sit back for a second? She's like, yeah, no problem. And the next thing I know, I'm looking out the window and my husband's outside the car, which freaked me out because one, right before I asked her if I could lay back, he was on the phone. So that's number one. And then number two, I'm like, how the heck did he get 
I'm like, if you're right here and you were on the phone and I just closed my eyes, did like how much time passed just now? You know, why, why didn't I, I don't know. There were just all these different thoughts that went through my mind. And when I look back at that experience, honestly, another thing that's kind of, I won't say disappointing because you just don't know what you don't know, but just really disturbing is I didn't go to the hospital or anything. Like I literally passed out of my car, woke back up and I was like, oh, oh. And I went and sat in uh, my mentee. She was in a, she went to Xavier University in New Orleans. And I went and sat in her dorm room for like an hour. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm fine to go home. Like, no, ma'am, you're seven months pregnant and you just passed out. That's not okay. But um, I had that experience and realized like, okay, girl, something has to give. So the next day I went into my full-time job. I gave them my notice that was effective immediately. Like my boss was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to leave? And I was like, I think I need to leave. Like, I just can't keep operating like this. And um, she totally understood because she knew when I came into the company, I already had a business. And that's actually how I ended up even working for them because they were one of my clients and then their marketing manager left and they hired me. So I was like, oh, wait, this wasn't what I was expecting, but maybe it's a good time because I was getting married and, you know, there was just a lot of life factors. But yeah, I I just am so big on people not burning out because there's so many things that can prevent it but a lot of times we are over the edge before we even realize like what happened. Yep. I know. I just learned a bunch about human design and I learned about different parts of your chart that you have open centers or not. And certain people that have certain places that are open on their chart, they actually don't know how to stop. You know, like they don't have that awareness because they're, that sen- that specific center that governs that okay. ability to know that is not only open, but it's undefined. So I saw that and I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah, that makes total sense because I, I had that. And I know that mm-hmm. it's so it's so hard in some ways because depending on how you were raised, I don't know about you, but I know I was raised by a dad that didn't treat me any different than my brothers. and with this very like old school, you got to work hard, you got to hustle, you got to grind. And then also with this, this belief system that, okay, you have to do this to get that right. Like very much where you have to earn your rest. And my sister and I have talked about this so much throughout our adult lives. And especially since she had a daughter, my niece is 11 now, But she's told me so many times that how, you know, she doesn't feel like she can leave the house that day to go do anything fun unless certain things are clean and certain things are done. And I remember I used to just, my to-do list would like rule my life. You know, I'd have a million different to-do lists on my phone, on sticky notes, in my purse. And it was always switching back and forth between okay, at work, how much can I get done, you know, before work and after work? And if you know anything about like these long healthcare shifts, there's really not much time in the day to be able to do that. Like literally half your day, over half your day is at work, especially if you work 12s. So then it's like you're driving, driving back, you know, and then you only have so many hours to sleep in between that too. And I'm one of those people that has like naturally high energy. So then that's much harder for me to know when to stop. And I literally 
I would joke around that I only had two speeds, go hard or not at all. (laughs) So then when I would try to do stuff like yoga, I would legitimately pass out at the end. I would completely fall asleep as soon as I stopped. And I love that I can say now that I have middle gears, that now I can do things like yoga and meditation and things that involve stillness and actually sit and enjoy that stillness and not fall asleep, but not be so anxious that I need to like try to leave. I mean, I did a float tank with my girlfriend and I, and she was in one room. I was in another. She's a mom of three. She works. She's married. And I had done it before. And I was like, I prefer 90 minutes because 60 doesn't feel enough. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll do 90. But then she had never done it before. And I didn't know that. And she couldn't do the whole 90. She's like, her back was hurting. She was cold. She was uncomfortable. She sat up for a while and then she ended up getting out. So I was like, I didn't realize, you know, you don't really realize how far you've come until you get glimpses of what you used to look like and what you used to be. So you had this moment of like, aha, you quit your full-time job. Then what happened from there? How did you navigate the business aspect plus bringing a baby in the world? How did that all go down for you? Yeah, so it was a process. And I tell people this all the time because we're going to have people who listen to this episode and they're going to probably start shaming themselves of like, I need to rest more. I'm on my way to burnout. And it's like, that's not, yes, you do need to rest more, but this is not a shaming episode of how can you not realize that you're burning yourself out? You're not doing enough or you're doing too much, whatever the case may be. It took a gradual understanding of a lot of different things because I had to get to the root of why was I working that hard to begin with, right? And it's, you were talking about your upbringing. And I think for me, I had, being pregnant, I had this fear of, oh snap, once the baby gets here, like that's it. So it's like I was trying to cram Mm -hmm. years worth of life into like a nine to 10 month period. And it was ridiculous. Like I was trying to make sure that my business was going to flourish. And then I also was like saving up enough. And then we were going to have this, you know, my, my husband got a paid paternity leave, which was such a blessing, but then it was also like, okay, but then if, you know, if we want to spend more time and then like, what's the transition look like afterward, just all these different things that I was working myself through. And I was like, I just was like, okay, this is not sustainable. I can't keep thinking like this. And honestly, even after my um, my oldest was born, I started to realize how much that fear was. It was. It was. It it did bring it down a notch because. I was like, oh, wow, one, this baby is tiny and he doesn't require a lot in the very beginning. Like they sleep, they eat. That's pretty much it. Like change their diaper, they're good. That was number one. But then number two, I was like, girl, you're still yourself. Like you haven't, it's not like you looked up in the mirror after giving birth and there was just this whole other person there. Um, And so that was another part of it. But I had to really be honest with myself and, and, not even embrace as much as just be okay with the fact that that was what was motivating a lot of my action was that I had this fear of fear. Oh my gosh. Like if this baby comes and like my life's going to be done and I'm going to be focused only on him until 
people say 18. If my parents had given up on me at 18, child, what? What would life look like? Like for life, yeah. this person is going to be yeah. my person. We're going to be each other's people, right? He may not be under my roof, but I'm still going to be thinking about it. My mom uh, talks about how me and my sister, my sister's 28. I'm about to be 33 this year. She's still like, if we're going out of town, she's like, hey, did y'all make it okay? Oh or like, you know, like she's asking <laughs> yeah, those things. Yeah, and, yeah. And you love it. But I'm like, wow, that's 33 years that you've been wondering, like, how your <laughs> child is doing or like if they're doing okay or, you know, are they making friends in college or whatever it is. Yeah. So um, I think me being honest about that fear helped me to start paying more attention to my habits. And that is definitely the first step because here's the thing, wherever our attention goes, energy flows. So what helps with that is to actually get it out of the body, out of the mind, out of the body and into the world. And a lot of times it really helps to be witnessed by somebody else in it. So then you, it like releases its power on you. It releases its grip on you. So it's really important to acknowledge that, but then also state it out in the world or like in your journal or whatever, just admitting, admitting to yourself that, Hey, I'm scared of these things, but here's the cool thing. I don't have to do anything about it. It can just exist and you can feel it and then you can let it pass. And the hard part is, is when we get into that space of fear, we want to control and then we hold on to the fear as almost like this motivator, this engine that keeps us going. And the same goes for, you know, pain and the same goes for sadness and grief. It's like when it becomes so strong, we end up adopting it as part of our identity It where that's where we need to acknowledge and have that kindness and grace with us to know that like, okay, we can feel all the things, but we don't necessarily have to do anything about it. And we don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to own it as ours. We can just admit that it's something that we feel we're experiencing and let it go. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, for me, um, as a woman of faith, I think my faith had to come into play as well because I had to realize like, I don't know. And, and I don't know how your audience makeup is, but I know as growing up in a, and I guess that would be one thing that was very influential, right? Like growing up in a Christian household, there was just this thought process of like, you don't complain. Like, you know, mm-hmm. God is a good father. He gives good gifts to his kids. Like what we have is like, that's, that's what it needs to be. And so whenever I would have harder times in life where I should have been taking that to God and praying about it, I was kind of like, well, no, cause you know, you can't complain. You can't say anything. Yeah. Like, you just gotta yeah. be okay with whatever happens. Right. And so whenever I, which has taken years like but whenever I stopped being like okay you already know when I started saying you already know about this so I don't know why I'm trying to act like I'm hiding it from you because you already know everything like and then not trying to dress it up either and say like oh well I'm gonna come and say well this is just such a blessing and I'm just really excited and just talking to God like I talked to a friend and be like you know this really sucked today or like 
I am afraid yep. that I'm going to lose my identity because I'm a mom. And like, and I'm looking at you because I'm like, well, if you're the giver of life, you're partially responsible for this. Like, you know, all these different <laughs> thought processes yeah. that I had where when I finally got honest, it was just like, like you said, that release. And it was all, it was as if God was like, girl, finally, I was waiting on you to to be honest, I already knew how you were feeling about it, but thank you for kind of sharing that with me. And so I think, you know, what you said, paying attention to how we're feeling, releasing how we're feeling, and then not allowing how we're feeling to, to even create a, a secondary emotion of like, well, I shouldn't feel like that. Like before yeah. it even comes up, it's like, and I know this is a gross analogy, but that's the thing that's coming to me. It's like feeling yourself throwing up and then trying to swallow your throw up. Like, ew, no, <laughs> just let it out, honey. Just, just let it on out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so if you're feeling an emotion, don't try to be like, well, no, no, I'm not afraid. I'm I'm actually really excited. This is like nervous energy because I'm excited. No, just it's okay to be afraid. Acknowledge that and then move past it. You know, I think that that's the part that we just don't give ourselves enough permission to do as women, as workers like I said if anyone in your audience is a, a believer in Jesus Christ too like as believers because we're like well no we gotta like you just you just you don't question God Tough and, it out. Dad, and you just don't question him yeah and I'm like that mentality really changed it made me bitter towards God for a really long time so I'm like no that's not the relationship that I want to have so I'm gonna have to just embrace and say no I think he actually cares about the fact that I feel like this and when I started moving more that way, like everything shifted. That's awesome. Okay. So you quit your full-time job. How was the transition to being a mom and also just the business owner and not a employee mm -hmm. plus business owner? How was that transition and how did you navigate those big changes? I loved it because again, like I was an entrepreneur before I was an employee. The employee thing was the thing that felt weird because I was like, oh, I have fixed hours. Oh, they, they want to know where I'm going for lunch. Like, and I realized in my job, I said, girl, you have a problem with authority and you need to work through that as well. Cause you can't just be out, even if you have your own business, you can't just be out here like wiling, like, just like, I don't know, I'm just a free spirit and I am free spirited, but I'm like, structure is not inherently bad. I think that's the thing that me working in a in a job taught me. And so being able to take some of that structure that I had learned within my nine to five and bringing it into my business was actually really helpful. And even now, I literally celebrated 10 years of being an entrepreneur this week. And oh, congratulations. Thank you. I realized, I was like, you know what? When I... Um, when I treat my business the way I would treat working as a for someone else, like it's completely different. If I don't just wing it, if I'm not, I'll give you a prime example. Today, I dropped my husband off at the airport and then I was close to my dad's office. So I was like, oh, I could stop by and hang out for a little bit. I said, girl, no, you have meetings today. You have a podcast interview this afternoon. You have like things that you have to do. And so honor those things, honor the commitment that you've made to yourself. And then if you decide you want to hang out this afternoon, 
well, you're free to do that. But there's not just this kind of hovering feeling of, ooh, you have other stuff you're supposed to be tending to right now. And so that has been really beautiful to see the way that I do have the flexibility of making my schedule, right? Like I can plan and schedule when the podcast interview is going to be. I can talk about, okay, is this going to be kind of more of an administrative day or is this going to be more of a CEO day where I'm making larger decisions for the company? I can choose that. But then once I've made that decision, honoring that decision um, is really helpful. So again, thinking about that transition, it was actually very smooth because I felt like, all right, I knew when I started my job that that was for a fixed time. I didn't expect to leave so dramatically. <laughs> and I even yeah. talked to my boss like a year later. I was like, I didn't leave the vet. She was like, girl, you were just passing through here anyway. She's like, it's fine. Yeah. But um, being able to have really that freedom again was extremely liberating for me. And I think it gave me a vote of confidence as well because I had a framework that I hadn't had before because I had worked in more of a stable environment, if that makes sense. Yes. And that's actually very interesting to have your perspective come in compared to mine because I am only used to structured environments and I've done some massive pendulum swings and literally everywhere in my, every place in my life. Okay. So I have historically been very structured to the point where, okay, I knew my schedule for months at a time. So then I could plan, you know, when I'm doing this, this day, when I'm doing that, that day. And it's like, I had to be somewhere at certain times of the day. So then it was like this external thing that was requiring me to do these things. So then it, you know, 4.30 in the morning, hit the ground running, get everything ready for the day, go work out, run to work, drink a protein shake on the way to work from the gym, and then hit the ground running all day at work. And then come home, undo everything, repack everything, get ready for the next day kind of thing. And that now mm -hmm. that I don't live that life, it's actually been very difficult for me to mm -hmm. try to implement any structure again, because the structure was so not, well, not only that, but also not my natural state. I learned that the structure that I used to live under was also from a place of fear and from a place of trying to maintain some kind of control in my life Absolutely. to feel yeah. more secure, right? Because our feminine wants security and our feminine wants to feel safe that we're provided for. And I've been single for a long time. So it's one of those things that, you know, trying to navigate that where then I let everything go. So then trying to find any amount of structure has definitely been like something I'm like not even interested in. I mean, I only set an alarm in the morning so I can be on time to like yoga or if I have like an early morning podcast to be ready by that. But otherwise I just, I get up when I want, I go to bed when I want. Yeah. So then that also though, on the flip side, makes it a little more difficult to create some kind of structure of becoming an entrepreneur because you're like, all right, well, I don't have to do anything when I don't want to do anything, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I will say, I think, I think the more children I had, the more structured things had to be, yeah. right? Like, I think that 
um, even my boys, they've been in Chicago visiting their grandparents. I went out there for the first couple of weeks with them and then they stayed an extra two weeks. And this time has been so awesome because I told people like, whenever it's just me and my husband, I tell people he becomes my boyfriend again. Like it's not just, he's not just my husband. He's also it. my boyfriend where yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, we have these inside jokes and we just, you know, cause you're not coworkers managing a household for this period. You're literally people who love each other and decided to get married and you just get to hang out with them. Right. With yeah. work things kind of hovering around, but still nothing compared to having a 24 seven job of keeping children alive. <laughs> and so whenever I, had especially my third because he's my I tell people he's my wild card I think Mm -hmm. for about a year I did lose a lot of my structure because I was allowing kind of his whateverness to dictate how the day would go and even in those past couple weeks I've been like oh no my dude you're two. You don't get to tell me what to do, even though you're not physically telling me what to do. But I'm like trying to gauge how you're feeling and like, okay. And then I'm making decisions based on that. And something that one of my friends said when we did this camp years ago, she was leading this training for our volunteers. She said, as adults, we are the thermostat and children are the thermometer. And I think I allowed my youngest to be the thermostat way too many times where he felt like he was establishing how the household was going to run. And so now I'm like, oh no, honey, you need to get back in your thermost- uh, thermometer chair. I'm I'm back to setting the, the tone for the house. But I would absolutely say that that's how it was. Like I did not have a ton of structure last year because it felt like, well, what's the point? He's just going to come in and do the, uh, the the mental equivalent of like knocking down all of your Legos and kicking them over and being like, and now what will you do, right? So getting up <laughs> earlier has been helping some because I'm like, hey, if I'm up yeah. before you, then I've already had some time to myself. Uh, I, man, I've had some solo breakfasts in the morning that have just felt like a luxury retreat like just me by myself with my thoughts like that's been such a blessing and so I think that it just depends on life stages right and I think the stage and the season that you're in right now I think that that's a really beautiful season too it's like child yes like wake up when your body wakes up like that's a blessing so lean into that definitely lean in (laughs) yes and that's actually something that has come to me in the last like year or so because I've been Mm -hmm. in the space of really deconditioning and undoing everything that has been like the ties that have bound me in my life for my last, you know, 30 something years of my life. So I've been really undoing a lot of that and really undoing how much my worth has been attached to being productive, being busy, having this structure, having this routine and just allowing, like you said, whatever season of my life this is to just be. So then I learn how to be. So then when it does come to a, to a time that there is more structure needed and there is more doing needed, I can learn how to simultaneously be and do at the same time there. And I'm able to be a lot more present and grounded in this time that is because of the time that I've had to myself now, you know, and to not 
judge it for anything else, then this is preparing me for what is to come in my life, you know? So that's been a really, really awesome thing. So what is your company that you have been working, that you've been uh, running? Yes. So I have two companies, actually. I have a new one that I actually started this year. It's called Be Light Media, and we create um, meaningful and impactful content for people who want to illuminate the marketplace with their talents and gifts. So we help with them if they want to start a podcast or toying with the idea of video production and even through social media, because obviously like it's like a never ending storytelling chain, right? Or it can be Mm -hmm. sometimes for people, it's a very toxic thing that they need to step away from, but that's another episode for another day. Mm -hmm. Um, And my main, my main company that I've spent the last decade really building is Brands by Bree. So we're a coaching and consulting company that works with moms who are building businesses from home and also small, uh, uh, not small, small businesses. We have worked with small businesses, but female corporate side hustlers who are trying to generate additional income because they're either on their way out of their corporate job or they've had experiences where they needed additional income. Their corporate job wasn't able to help with that. And they're like, oh, wait, I will never allow myself to be in this situation again. Um, One of the women in our, our community, she had a health event last year. And when I was just polling them about like why additional income matters, she was saying that they weren't giving out her short-term disability that they were supposed to be able to give through the company. And so she was like, I literally went three months without a paycheck. And she said, and I just got back to work. And so being able to give women that flexibility where, you know, kind of what you were sharing earlier, not necessarily, okay, this is how we're going to hustle and ground, grind and get you $3,000. Like, that's not where we're, that's not the space that I'm coming in. That's not the, the, the way that I show up, but it's really like, what are your natural talents and gifts? How can we monetize those things? And then not only that, but what are the systems that we can put in place so that this is a light lift for you? And if you have a family at home for your family. That's awesome. Okay. So tell me about what that process looks like and what is it what would be advice that you would give these moms and full-time employee kind of women that are really trying to navigate outside of the structure of what they've been in like where do you even start with that i think the place that people don't think to start is their current job right and i think there are a few factors that come into that. I think sometimes people don't start with their current job because the work environment that they're in has made them believe that they hate the work that they do. And it's actually like, no, you love this work, but you're not in a healthy environment. So you're starting to associate those two things together. So that's one thing is to start with the job that you have. If you remove maybe the boss that you don't like that much or the the employee you feel like, the coworkers oh, who's always gossiping or tell, telling you you don't look cute or whatever the situation is, if you remove those external factors, maybe there are terrible hours, maybe you have a super long commute to work, do you genuinely like the work that you do? If not, okay, th- then you might look at what are the things that you enjoy to do? What are some things that people often ask you for help with? That's how I ended up getting into productivity coaching because I'm just a naturally very organized person. I loved the Lisa Frank notebooks for my 90s girls who are listening to, I loved the Lisa Frank binders and folders. I told, I actually talked about this uh, uh, earlier this week. I love 
I loved the first day of school, not because I was excited to see my friends or because I was excited about like new classes. I was excited about the school supplies. I was like, oh man, okay. I'm going to get these folders. I'm going to get these tabs. And so that was like, that was ex- exhilarating to me. And so that's ended up being, it's so funny when I look back now, I'm like, no wonder I ended up getting into organization and productivity. Um, but then there may be people who, again, you, you've stripped those external things and you're like, oh, I actually really do like what I do. I would look at how can you take that and then start offering it individually to people. And I know some people feel like, oh, everybody wants to be a coach. Everybody, everybody can't be a coach. The reason why coaching is a very natural step for people is because it doesn't require a ton of deliverables. It's literally your brain. You're giving your brain to people. You're giving your ideas and thoughts to people. And then you're giving them the steps that they need to take in order to bring something from an idea to fruition. And so if you, if you feel like icky, when you hear the word coach, don't just retrain your brain about how you think about it. Because the way that I even got over that, cause I actually didn't want to coach either was I realized that coaches are educators. Like we're here to educate you on, if you're a life coach, how to manage life better. If you're a productivity coach, how to be more productive, right? If you're a wellness coach, how to take better care of yourself. Those are the things that we're educating you about. And so if you can think of something you can educate somebody on, you could potentially be a coach. Or if you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody at any time, that may be a thing there where maybe you create a digital product that is teaching them how to do a specific thing. So those are places that I think are low hanging fruit for people and they don't take a ton of time to start implementing. I love that. And then also what I tell people is things to consider is what have you gone through in your life and what have you overcome? Because your pain is often your purpose. So think about for you, you know, you were burnt out, you passed out, right? Like, so that was something that really drove the car of your why, you know, that has something that has fueled you into being more specific in your audience and getting clear on your message. And I know something I learned about sales recently is that when your message is aligned with your soul, sales are easy. So really getting into alignment with what is true for you. And I know that I have talked to a lot of people within healthcare that want to get out of healthcare. And a lot of it is the same thing. Yes. Like I don't like the environment of healthcare, but it's kind of like what brought you to healthcare though. And the majority of the people that get into careers like that, like they genuinely care about people. They genuinely care about health, wellness, the population, but the waters get very muddied because of the politics and because of like the big pharma rules and corporation yep. money-making systems that make up healthcare. I'm like, okay, well take, like you said, take away all those factors. What do you care about? What is your why? And then helping navigate uh, the other stuff, which this is not my area of expertise is kind of, this is where someone like you steps in. And like you said, the processes, the systems, And I know that's something I just have like zero desire to navigate, you know, I'm, I just want to be that creative genius that just shows up and has the conversation. Oh my God, where did she get this amazing stuff? And you're like, I know, I know, I know. 
You're welcome. <laughs> and not have to be the one that is navigating the tech side of things. And that yes. is something I've had to really shift my mindset on and really shift the narrative and the conversation in my head. And even like you said, with social media, you know, I had a lot of icks associated with social media for a while. And I really had to navigate that. And I had a separate social media for everything. And I worked with a girl that was helping me with, with, you know, my like brand kind of thing. And she's like, honestly, like with coaching in general, you are your brand. So you can have separate things, but honestly, that's way more work than you probably want to have to invest in multiple different accounts. So if and when you're comfortable to combine them and it's just one Instagram, one Facebook that are personal and business and you make it public. And I had a lot of like resistance to that, but I know that that really comes down to as women, we have such deeply ingrained, like this is like century old witch wound kind of things, right? Where we have this fear of being seen and this fear of really stepping into our power and into the light fully. So then it's really getting past that stuff and just knowing that like, if it's a desire and energy and like love that you have within you, it needs to be shared. Like you have it for a reason and it needs to be shared with the world. And then, you know, you talk about the thing where people don't really like having to say like they're a coach. It's like, and then like, oh, the market's saturated and everybody does that. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not you. Exactly. They don't bring the spice and the the special ingredients that make up you and the particular life experience. And I know as women that we think we need a certification for everything. We think we need a degree with everything. So tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. And I have had so many doors shut in my face around grad school because I feel like, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I'd be like, girl, no, because then you're going to be trying to say that's why the degree is what got you the thing. It's like, no, I've put this gift inside of you and that's why you're flourishing because you're good at this, you know? And I don't know if yeah. you've ever had the experience where you start doing the thing you do and you're you kind of take a step back after like no girl you do this like you're you are that creative mm -hmm. girl you do give people these great ideas but it just I think that's the part it takes you showing up again and again doing the thing that you do that's what really builds your confidence but if you're always in your head about like well how is it how what are people gonna think or like yes. you know what's my my aunt gonna say she follows me on instagram and she could be like Jessica, what are you talking about now? You know, like, what are the things people are going to say that make me feel like I don't have the credibility to stand mm -hmm. in what I'm standing in? And I had to learn that my life is my credibility. Like, I, like yes. you said, I, how do I know how to help women? Because one, because I'm a woman. So yes. that's one thing, right? I, yeah, we got 
we're together, women and women, we get women, right? That's number one. How do I help people avoid burnout? Well, guess what, girl? I avoided burnout. So even if I told you all the things I did and I said, don't do any of that and you should be good, that qualifies me, right? I also have built a successful business. So I can talk to you about how to build a successful business because I've done it. And something that I tell people as well, I said, I'm not the coach that's like, here's how to make six figures in five days because I haven't done that yet. Now, at the point where I do it, I will happily bring as many people along the journey as as are with me. If that's the, the direction I feel like God opens up a door, but I really, where I feel like I thrive in is helping people realize, oh, I already have all of this inside me. Like I did a a strategy session with someone yesterday and she said, you simplified this so much for me. She was like, I've literally had this idea for years. She said, I'm not exaggerating. I've had this idea for years and in an hour and a half, you just simplified it. And now I feel like I have the exact tools that I need to leave out of here and get working. And that is the goal for me. And so for anyone who is listening to this, y'all, like start betting on yourself, start giving yourself your own credit. I have a folder on my phone that is called the encouragement folder. And then I also have a hashtag receipts folder where every time someone leaves me a review or or they send an encouraging text or they even respond to my emails that I send out every week and they're like, oh my gosh, it's like you're in my head. All of those things, I keep them in a folder because when that voice comes in my head and it's like, who are you to do that? Or you don't have that degree or you don't have a background in business. Your background is in journalism. Okay. I do have a background in business because I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years and I've been running a business for 10 years. So you just really got to talk to yourself. You have to hype yourself up. You got to, you got to, um, get a circle of people around you who will also hype you up because that makes a big difference. Sometimes when you're not feeling it, they will be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Cause I, no, you're that girl. You're her. Stop, mm-hmm. stop playing on yourself. You know, like, and I, you know, like I listen to, to, to songs. I, I, I have, uh, my friend has a brand called manifest your purpose and she has these affirmation cards that I just bought recently and I'll pull an affirmation card. Like I said, I'm a God girl. So I'll pray. I'll be like, okay, God, what does your word say about this? Because my thoughts are not really helping me. So let me yeah. Look at, okay, Philippians 4 and 8 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving in my heart, make my request known unto God. Got you. Do not be anxious, be thankful. Well, that's a really good recipe that helps me to get where I need to be. So you just have to stop playing with yourself. Like that's the, the, the best way I can put it is stop playing with yourself. Stop sleeping on your gifts because someone out there is waiting on you to be obedient to that voice in your head. That's like, oh, you should write that book. Ooh, you should start that skincare line because remember you had really bad acne and then you started putting different concoctions together and now your Mm -hmm. face is clear and everyone keeps asking you, how did your face get so clear? And you keep lying to them and not telling them that you've made your own products. Like there are specific things that we have and we think we're being showy. And I love that quote that you said, when your message aligns with your soul, sales are easy. I tell my clients too, I said, sales, selling is not selling if you're serving. If I have Mm -hmm. something you need and I'm holding on to, like, if I know you're hungry and I have a sandwich and you're like, oh man, I'm so hungry. And I'm sitting here with this sandwich. How is that loving to be like, "Hmm, I heard, I heard Subway has a sandwich. Well, Subway is way over there. I can't get there right now. You have a sandwich right now in front of me and you're not offering it to me because you feel like I won't take it because you're the one who's offering it to me. It doesn't make sense. Like, and as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this because the amount of women 
Yeah, the mm-hmm. amount of women I've had to get out of their heads and be like, be okay with version one. Let's try this. And then if it doesn't work, we'll reconstruct and reconfigure. But typically it works. Like I've I've had very few people who work with me where they went for that first sale or they had that first call and they were like, oh, it's terrible. Most of the time it's like, oh my gosh. I remember one of my, she's actually my copy editor. She was like, I just made my first sale. And I'm like, yeah, because this is what you do and you're good at this. Like I told her, she when we first started working together, she was just kind of trying to test things out. And so she had said, hey, I just want to see like, you know, how it would be to edit something. Would you be fine with me editing your newsletter? And I was like, sure, that's fine. She was like, I'm not going to charge you because like I said, I'm still figuring it out. And after a few months, I was like, Jen, I need to be paying you for this. And she was like, really? I was like, yes, girl. I said, send me an invoice, which made her have to get her a, a, a LLC. She opened up her business bank account, right? She did it the right way. And then, and then she sent me an invoice and I paid her invoice and I was so excited. And she was like, oh, like that was such an amazing mm-hmm. experience. But she could have, it still took her even initiating and saying, hey, this is something I'm interested in doing, but I'm really not sure how that's going to work. Like, what do you think about me trying it out with you for a little bit? Well, and that's actually, exactly. And you have to be willing to fall and get up again. It's not how many times you fall in life. It's how many times you get back up, you know? And my girlfriend and I, we were pursuing real estate investing for a little bit. What was it? Yeah, last year. Was it last year? I think so. I don't know. This time's going by really fast. But so we went super hard into it and we made a really good team in the way of she's the analytics girl. She likes to be doing the research and on the computer. She doesn't want to talk to people. Doesn't want to talk to people. Doesn't want to do that stuff. So I'm the people person. I'm the one that was, you know, getting getting the people in, right? And she was doing the details of it. But it got, it was so crazy the way it went down with, it was kind of for me a similar pattern that I noticed where this isn't what I want. Because what ended up, I ended up realizing is that, and this is a theme for a lot of areas in my life, I cannot care about something more than the people care about it themselves where in terms of houses, we were helping people that were going to lose their house. And I kind of got to this point where I'm like, I can't care about these people keeping or selling their house more than they care. And I can't tell you, I was floored to see how many people like don't even care, you know? And then like, even with healthcare, I'm like, I can't care about people's health and wellness and them actually thriving in their life more than they care. So then had to go back to the drawing board in that way of how I show up in the world and what I offer to people because what it was doing was exactly that. It was like I was stepping too far this way and same thing with her, even with her job in healthcare, stepping too far this way and not allowing the space for anybody to meet you somewhere in the middle, you know, and then they have to want to go the rest of the way. You can't do it for them. So for her, she just got really burnt out from it. And she's like, she kind of just went back into the space of like getting crazy with work. And so recently I've been talking to her and I'm like, so what's going on? Cause you know, the jobs, it'll ebb and flow. 
you know, but if it's ultimately not your path, your purpose, the plan that is meant for you, it's going to continue to get really bad and then it'll be okay. And then it'll get really bad. So it's just giving you these opportunities to consider stepping away. So then talking about things and she's actually because like you said, like, what are you passionate about? What do you like? Well, she loves the techie stuff and she's gotten into like AI stuff and being able to like make graphic design things with AI. And I was like, okay, what are you doing with that then? Yeah. You know? And she's like, oh, I did somebody's, um, their headshot pictures. I like revamped it with AI and made some signs and stuff. So I'm definitely wow. going to send her this episode with you and tell her to connect with you so you can help her bridge that because I'm, I'm like the activator. I don't, I'm like, I don't do the rest of it. You know, I can help you have these realizations, but I can't tell you the how of the road, you know, of which, like I can get you to the path, but then I'm not the one that walks down the path with you. So, yeah, yeah. So then that's where it's like, we connect with people like you that are like, no, I will walk down the path with you you know, we have to start somewhere. So it's really being able to have the courage to start somewhere. And when I started being more intentional about posting on social media and talking about just, we always have a choice and the life that you live now, the job that you have, just everything that you do in your daily life is still a choice. And if you're not happy with it, you got to ask yourself why, and then do you need to pivot So, so many people would message me and they'd be like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not good at anything else, you know, and they would really discount themselves. And I'm like, you know, you're human. All humans are creative beings in some way, shape or form. But what's happening is, you know, social media is great in terms of it gives us so much to look at, but then there's also comparison syndrome. And then there's like that, like, downplaying your gifts and your light because it doesn't look like what somebody else's looks like, you know? And I, and that's been a huge thing for me is to just like close out, just quiet the noise, quiet the noise and focus on what feels right and best for me. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, you know, you hit on, you said this earlier, and I want to circle back to it. It's that understanding that you are your own secret sauce Mm -hmm. like you are the secret sauce like nobody can do it the way that you can and I think that that is something that I think that's a kind of a point where you realize how much you've grown when you start getting into community with people that even sometimes have similar gifts and you're referring people to each other you're like oh no you would actually be a better fit for this or Um, I know I I had a friend who connected me with a client at the end of last year and she was actually, it was a web design project and she was thinking about taking it on, but she was like, she asked me a few questions. And then when we got on the phone, I told her, I said, you know, for Be Light Media, I said, I'm really looking for non-sexy businesses. And she was like, say that again. And I said, I'm looking for non-sexy businesses. And she was like, this guy said the exact thing. You guys clearly are each other's person. Like I have to introduce y'all. She was like, I'm gonna think about it a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure that y'all are supposed to be working together because of that language that I used. And 
it's that scarcity mindset that tells you, okay, well, if I give this business to someone else, that's business that I don't have anymore. But I've had to mm-hmm. learn like what is for me will always be for me because even stuff that I don't feel like I'm necessarily qualified for opportunities show up and I'm like, and they don't want anybody else. They only want to work with, they're like, no, it's just going to be you. Or like, yep. like I had somebody who reached out about me helping her with her podcast because I'm again, strategy planning, execute, like that's my jam. And so she reached out to me last year to, and she wanted to work together towards the end of the year, but then some things changed with her job, which I understand. And so then she was like, okay, let's start at the top of the year. And I was like, no problem. And so then, um, she reached out like right at the end of the year was like, actually, can we start in the summer? And I was like, well, in the summer, I'm not offering this service. I was like, in the summer, I'm taking summers off to be with my boys. I made that promise to myself two years ago. And like in the summer, I push all of my, thank you, girl. It's taken a long time to get here. Cause like you said, your mind is like, no, you're supposed to be working. But I had to say, no. My summer is when I push my digital products. If you want to work with me, I have all these courses and Brands by Brie Academy that you can sign up for and take at your own pace. But I am leaning into swim parties and my oldest, his birthday is in the summer and my boys go to Chicago. So me and my husband are back into our boyfriend, girlfriend mode again. So I'm like, no, there's so much stuff that happens in the summer. I'm not going to be able to work with you then. But I told her, I said, I do know someone else who offers a similar service and they're, I'm pretty sure their calendars open year round. I said, if you want, I can connect y'all. And she said, no, I'll just wait until the fall when you're available again. She was like, because I'm supposed to be working with you. And I was like, okay, you know, but I did not have that mindset that was like, okay, one, I'm going to either break my promise to myself and take on a client in the summer, even though I said I wasn't going to do that. Or two, I'm not going to tell her about this person who can offer this service in the timeline that she needs because I'm like, well, you know, that's money I could have. Like neither of those things had to happen. And she still says she wants to work with me. Yes. And I love that she had the confidence to own that though, too, because that's where it works both ways for us, where it's like, we have to have the confidence to know that we are somebody unique that our people are going to be our people and our people are going to find us and not have this scarcity mindset, like you said, or, you know, self-abandon ourselves just because we feel like we need to like hoard those clients, but then also not talk them out of their confidence in choosing you. Right. Because there's part of me, I know that I would be like, girl, why are you waiting? Why are you postponing something meant for you? Right. Like, why are you doing that? As opposed to just letting it be their decision and letting them own the confidence that you are you are meant to work together and that it will happen when it's meant to happen, in the way it's meant to happen, in the time it's meant to happen. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So I want yep. you to circle back to the promise that you made about the summers, because I feel like that is a big struggle with my mom friends, especially my nurse mom friends, that where it's like, in healthcare, the the money's always there, you know? And so it's like you're constantly bombarded with this kind of like abundant scarcity roller coaster where it's kind of like, okay, all this overtime's offered. And so they feel like they have to take it, have to take it, have to take it, especially when money gets tight. 
But then if you get to the space where, okay, I start taking some time off and then all of a sudden there's no shifts, you know, talk to me about how you navigate that abundant scarcity roller coaster as a mom. <laughs> I would say there's a book called The Joy of Missing Out. Highly recommend anybody listening to read this. Recommend it for you too, Jessica. It's called The Joy of Missing Out. Instead of the fear of missing out, we're very familiar with FOMO, right? But it's called yep. JOMO. <laughs> and she talks about kind of what you were touching on, that confidence that you have to build up in your own decision makings to say, no, I'm actually not going to do this. And she is also a mom. So she was talking about how, I don't remember if this was something she came to the realization of or if she read it from another book, but she was saying as parents we get 18 summers with our kids mm -hmm. and I was like 18 18 summers like she was like you get 18 summers with your kids and she said so by the time they're they're seven which my son will be seven this year she was like you're over a third of the way through the summers that you get with them and I just don't want to look back and be like man this other stuff could have waited like because at the end of the day and that's another thing last year was really what pushed me into that summers are slow times for me anyway and one of my coaches was like summers are slow for everybody I'm like I don't think they slow for Amazon I don't think they slow for you know I'm, I'm thinking about people I'm like no I think they I think it, Walmart's doing fine like <laughs> like uh Zara's Comparison, doing great right now comparisons that think yeah, you joy right. though <laughs> exactly right exactly no you're you're absolutely right but I had to say because she was saying like she said the summers are when people are their mind is kind of taking that break too of just like man we've been working we work hard the, the biggest jump in my business is always quarter one and quarter two quarter one because top of the year and everyone's like new year new me I'm about to start a business that's on my vision board for the year quarter two because people are seeing the people's wins from quarter one and they're like, Oh wait, let me get in there too. I want to do that. And then summer stuff slows down because mamas aren't thinking about building a business. They're thinking about who's going to summer camp. Okay. You're going to go to your granny's house. What are we doing for childcare? Even if they have infants, it's like, okay, what's the daycare situation looking like? Like there's just a lot of other things that are, are where their focus is. And you know, I had to embrace as well. I'm like, good for you, sis. Like if you wanna make learning a part of your summer and that's why Brands by Brie Academy, that's part of the reason why I created it, where it's like, hey, maybe that's kind of your summer activity is you're gonna learn a new skill or you're gonna figure out what kind of business you wanna start if you're gonna start a business. Or there's a course in there called um, Position for Profit. And it's like how to figure out who your ideal customer is. Like maybe you're just doing some gentle learning in the summer and in the fall, you're like, no, I'm either going to make a decision that I'm going to build a business or not. But I had to say, it's good that they're taking that break to be with your kids. And so if they're taking a break to be with your kids, why are you not doing that? Like, especially knowing that they spend half the summer with their grandparents in Chicago. So when they are here, lean in, like do the fun things. And part of that was also me like enjoying my own company, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I was talking to a friend this week about the fact that my husband's love language is, um, if you're familiar with Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, the their you know, access service gifts, 
physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. And my love languages were, before parenting, were words of affirmation and quality time. Now acts of service has been added to there because now I'm like, you wash the dishes? Like, close the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> So having that realization was really helpful. But I realized my husband's his is gifts and he gives himself gifts all the time. Like he's great at giving himself the, the love language that he receives. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, that makes so much sense. That's why motherhood has been harder the past couple of years because the more, again, the more children I had, the less I started showing myself that self-love. So I wasn't spending quality time with myself, which looks like solo time and also time with friends or time with family. Yep. Uh, I wasn't spending, I wasn't doing any acts of service for myself up until this past year when I started outsourcing laundry. I started getting someone to come to the house to clean once a month. I'm like, oh, good girl, for that's you. an act of service for your future self. Yep. Love that for you, right? And then words of affirmation, I love reading, but I had even stopped reading for like a year because I was like, who has time to read? And I know my mom's listening to this. They're like, yeah, who does have time to read? But I started listening to books on Audible. I started, yep. um, I love podcasts, obviously. So listening to podcasts, they're really affirming. And I'm like, I'm, I'm showing myself love again. So it is changing the way that I'm showing up in our house. It's making that difference. And so being, becoming this better person of myself, I don't look at motherhood as like trying to get back to who you used to be. We should always be improving. And that's not like even from a checklist to do list thing, but it's like a oh, girl that's evolution. Like I don't want to be yes. the 23 year old me. I don't want to be the 26 year old me. Like I want to be growing and evolving and having this deeper understanding of myself. And so having that understanding now, I'm even excited about when the boys get back from Chicago. I'm like, okay, what does it look like for us to interact as me being someone who is taking care of myself and loving on myself? So it's easy for me to love you because I'm Show taking up. care of myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're not exactly. outsourcing. I love that you mentioned that because then we end up to this point where we are so drained and we are outsourcing our love for ourselves. And then that's when you are much more short with your kids and they, they need to act a certain way. And you're like, you need to be behaving this way. Cause it makes me happy. Cause I can't be happy unless you're behaving this way when you're like, okay, wait, hold on. They're a child. They don't even have any awareness of really much right now. You know? And like you said, you are the one that's navigating them through the world. You are the one that's setting the tone. So to outsource you to be okay by everybody else needing to be a certain way is just setting ourselves up for so much failure. And that's also where the codependency stuff comes in. And that's where there, a lot of resentment comes in when it's like, you can't expect everyone to prioritize you. You have to prioritize you. Our external reality is a reflection of our internal. So if we constantly feel like we are drowning in our external life, it's because we are not coming home to ourselves and asking ourselves, checking in with ourselves, like, what do I need right now? And I feel like, um, at, where do you live at? I live in Texas. Oh, me too. Where do you live at in Texas? Arlington. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like we have this discussion. outside of Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so yes, I live outside of Houston. Conversations. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I know. I've just, I've talked to so many people via messenger. I can't remember who <laughs> lives where. Um, right. So a lot of what I notice about like certain demographics and certain geographical areas is the culture is different in terms of like 
certain areas, you know, people get married much younger and have kids much younger. So there's not a lot of time to cultivate an actual identity of who you are outside of being a mom, outside of being a wife. So it's really important for you to set that solid foundation of like, who am I as an individual before my husband came along, before I became a wife, before I had kids? And then what does she need? And then as you evolve in these different phases and stages of your life of, like I said, me becoming an entrepreneur, okay, well, what does that look like for me? What do I need in that? And then eventually when I integrate someone into my life as a partner and eventually integrate kids into that, but me developing a solid foundation of, who is Jessica in this world right now and what do I need? And then as the world around me changes, how do I navigate myself in that in terms of my needs? So it's much easier to deal with the big life changes when you've already built that solid foundation of self, of your identity, of your needs, and then even your boundaries. Another interview I did earlier in the week, she explained boundaries so amazingly where she said boundaries is the line where I stop as a person and you start like Mm. that is what differentiates us as people. Right. And I love that because I grew up in a very big, crazy enmeshed family. So that was really hard for me to like identify what I truly needed when I was around my family where living in Texas by myself away from my family in California. I don't have any problem with that. It's navigating that in different circumstances of life because here's the thing. If our peace, if our happiness, if our sanity constantly depends on everything outside of us, then we are constantly going to be a victim of those circumstances. So being able to, like you said, cultivate this like, okay, well, how can I meet my own needs and stop putting that on everyone else? And this is where it's super important as women that we have these like, truthful, loving conversations instead of, you know, blaming our husbands and blaming our kids and blaming our friends, you can like be like, girl, okay, so why aren't you giving that to yourself? Why is it everyone else's problem? You know, and I love that you mentioned that, especially with the more kids you have is really being able to come back to that. But I also love that you have grandparents that want to be involved like that and that you that you were willing to outsource some things because I don't know what that is with some people. And what I've learned in the process of becoming an entrepreneur is like, you can't be everything for everyone. So what are you going to choose to outsource? Do you want to outsource your parenting or do you want to outsource stuff in the business? Or do you want to outsource, like you said, the laundry, like me, even as a single person, when I lived in California, I had a housekeeper come every like other month and do all the deep cleaning. I'm like, I don't want to be spending all my days off scrubbing my showers and toilets. Like I just don't. And if I can afford it, then absolutely. Like I will do something a little extra to be able to afford those conveniences because that's what, that's what makes my life easier. I, I would gladly pay for someone to do the things that I would rather not do (laughs) and not having any drama around that decision. And here's the thing as well with outsourcing, because I know some people are like, oh, that's, you know, luxury. Oh, that's this one. Like you said, some baby, uh, just in the same way, we will figure it out if we're trying to get our nails done or our hair done, or you're trying to go to that, yep. you know, trip, the trip 
people that's me I'm like oh we let me figure out how to make this flight happen real quick like whatever your thing is you'll figure that out I've had to do the same thing for my house and I literally created a um because my I had to get to a point where I was like, okay, I don't even want what you just said about the outsourcing your love, which you gave new language that I was, I was literally journaling about that this uh, earlier today before we record it. But to think about it like that, like you're outsourcing it. That's why you're mad because you feel like people aren't doing the job right. But it's like, it's not their job to do that. It's not their job. So if you recognize one, that there's actually a lot of things that are super affordable, like this laundry service that I use is a dollar a pound. And for a family of five, our laundry rarely goes over 25 pounds. And then even the the cleaning service I use is a, is called Dazzling Clean and it's Dazzling Cleaning. And it's like $50 a month or something for people to come and clean your house. And it, it can go up or down depending on how many hours you have them. But I'm like, yeah. I can figure out an extra $100 a month for my Thank mind you. to be in a space yes. where I'm happy. <laughs> like, yes. I will figure that out. If that means, even if that means cutting. So maybe it's not adding income. Maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to cancel some of these subscription services because now that my house is cleaner, I don't feel like I need to just zone out and only watch TV because I don't want to look at that pile of laundry. Like we can make this an exchange. Yes. Or like, you know, people that like to get Starbucks every day, like, okay, well Mm -hmm. maybe, and I even say this about hiring coaches and stuff too, because I know a lot of people had a lot of opinions about that. And it's like, but you are your greatest investment. So whatever that investment looks like is going to look different for everyone. And it doesn't have to be anything else than that, than looking at it like that, right? Okay, well, how is the money that you're spending on Starbucks and the money that you're spending on, I don't know, whatever else, like, I've never seen people eat out as much as they do until I moved to Texas. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, the amount of money you spend on, on driving to go get tacos and coming back, like calculate that. And maybe you could buy yourself a cooking class or do meal delivery service kind of thing. Right. Or like I said, just cut back wherever, because when we truly do want something, we make it happen. And especially as women, I mean, like I have honestly met way more women that make stuff happen than men in a lot of ways in terms of like, I know much more women that travel and that treat themselves than men. And especially since like the women I knew in Cal, the the women I know in California, we always traveled and that was where we kind of spent our time and money. And it's very interesting since I moved Mm -hmm. to Texas, like I haven't even met a lot of men that even have a passport, you know? And I'm like, what do you guys do for fun? And like, they work and go to the gym. And I was like, oh, talk about boring, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and even, yeah. even when they do travel, it's for work. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? But then you look at women and we're over here like, oh, you know, let's go here and it's do this. Let- coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the last year, I went on two women's retreats and I went to one in Greece and I've already been to Greece. So I've been to Greece twice now. And then I went on another one in Bali and I just went ahead and stayed in Bali a whole nother week. So I went off to Bali for two weeks, you know, and that's, that's, I got to give women credit. Okay. Because we are not ashamed to like put the time and work on ourselves. 
And I haven't really met any many men that actually are willing to like pay for coaches, go to a men's retreat, you know? So I find it very fascinating as much of like how men have like that grit in the like material world, but then not as much outside of that, you know, or like at the gym. Okay. How many dudes like are like 10% body fat and you're like, okay, but like you've, what do you do for fun? You know, you just, but you, but you just put it up. You just put it under a suit. No one's going to see all that. Like you're not even going to the beach. <laughs> I mean, Instagram sees it though. Cause you know, everybody's got all their stuff on Instagram anyways, no, that is true. <laughs> but I just love that you're mentioning that that is part of how you've learned to prioritize yourself is being able to outsource things and not try to do everything for everyone. So Tell me a little bit about that process. So I actually have this thing called the energy audit and it's a free resource on my website. So you can go to briannalightfootsmith.com slash audit. It literally walks you through a process of assessing what are the things that you're doing every day? What are the things that you're doing every week? What thing, what would you rather do instead? Because it used to be a four part process where I would walk people through what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What can be delegated or dismissed? So no, just three parts. But then I was like, no, if you don't have a vision for what you want to be doing instead, then you're probably just going to keep operating an autopilot. So when I added that, it added so much more <clears throat> color to why it was important to outsource laundry or why it was important to outsource cleaning your house once a month. Because I, I remember the first time I got my house clean. Me and my boys were like out somewhere, like, I think we're at the playground or something. And I literally got a text like, okay, I'm leaving now. Like, hope you think, you know, I hope it's satisfactory. And I came back and our home was clean. And I was like, why have I not done this before? I think I just had a whole moment with myself. So that process has been very, very helpful. And even now when I start to feel kind of off, I'll start going through those questions in the audit. What are you doing? every day what are you doing every week what do you want to be doing instead because clearly you want to be doing something instead because you're cranky so like do you want to read more do you want to spend more one-on-one time with jordan okay if you do well then that means we need to start delegating babysitting because yes we have an incredible village but i love that my parents who they live here in texas where we live they're going on like 38 years of marriage and they'd be booked and busy too. They'd be like, oh yeah, well, we're going to a dinner that night or we're doing, and I'm like, you know what? Live your life, honey. It is not your job to just be home and like waiting on me to see if you can watch the boys. But I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, but just because they're not available doesn't mean you need to just automatically say, well, I guess we're not going to, no, find somebody else, find somebody else. And if that means you would need to pay someone to help you, what? Like we just talked about, what is the exchange? So don't pay somebody, but then be here in the house and be rolling your eyes at your husband because you forgot that he's your boyfriend too. Be rolling your eyes at your kids because you were supposed to be out at a movie with your boyfriend who's also your husband, but you didn't do that because you didn't have, like which one of these things is worth it? Or go spend a couple hours with your boo, come home, be all excited that you and the boys are back together. Ask them what they did with the babysitter. Which one of these things works better? I'm going to go with the second option. Not only that, but like you said, the village, your tribe, and it's so important of who you surround yourself with. And I know that, I mean, my sister tells me all the time, like how that has been so crucial to her existence, especially as a single mom, like, okay, well, women, you know, 
okay, so if you guys are all in this place of building, which we've all been in that season, you know, and that's like that as much of a, like a financial priority. Okay. So who can you exchange babysitting with, with, with mom friends, you know, and who like, there's always somebody that has a teenager in the community that's looking for a couple extra bucks that, you know, wants to babysit, that wants to help in some way, somehow. So there, where there's a will, there is a way you just have to decide absolutely how bad do you want it? Right. And like, what are you willing to not have? Because you already, you already, you're, you're lacking. If you're into a place where you're starting to think about what you could be outsourcing that you, you have identified some sort of void where you're like, yeah, this, I don't want to put these things here. I want something good to go in this place. I don't want to mindlessly scroll on social media. I want to like go and hang out with my friends. And that's something I had to learn too a couple years ago, like not even at the beginning of the pandemic, but I realized about 2022, I said, oh, my social media consumption goes way up when I'm feeling lonely because it's like, oh, well, this is a way for me to interact with people. No, we're not Connect. like together, yep. but you know, we can talk in our DMs. We can laugh over a funny meme or something. So then I started saying, okay, if that's what I'm wanting, even if I'm not in position to, maybe it's a Tuesday at 2 PM and I'm not necessarily going to ask for someone to come and watch my kids at that point, call a friend and talk to them on the phone instead of like, only going to Instagram. Right. And I, there have been so many moments where I found like friends that in my mind, I'm like, Oh, they're flourishing. They're doing this. When we get on the phone. I'm like, Oh, you've been going through some stuff too. Well, I'm glad I actually called you instead of just looking at Instagram as like the check for how you were doing, you know? Oh yes. And I'm glad you said that because I feel like, like I just posted a video yesterday talking about how it's just crazy that we live in this time where we're so connected, but loneliness is like a legitimate epidemic, you know? So I have a lot of people that say like, I don't like small talk. And I said, okay, but people initiate small talk. That's an olive branch. Somebody wants to connect, but the ability for it to go further from there is determined on the ability that you how deep you've gone with yourself. So if you were only being able to connect with small talk with people and not something you don't like, so you don't connect, it's like, well, how can you cultivate better connection within yourself? And so you have to start asking yeah. yourself better questions. You have to start carving out time for you to get to know yourself and for you to ask yourself these things and then connecting with people. I mean, literally for myself, I, I live by myself and I live the RV life with my dog and Literally all I have to do when I go out is make eye contact with someone. I make eye contact with someone and smile and grow on. I'm not even telling you people mm -hmm. swing open the doors and people want to have full on conversations about their entire life story with mm -hmm. me in the line of the grocery store, you know? So it's like, yeah, it was dependent on me being able to do something for myself first, like go deeper with myself first and to be able to connect with other people and then to also allow people space to meet you there because I've historically been an over-functioner too. So then typically I was the friend that was always reaching out. I was the friend that was always doing that. But yet it was one of those things where I wasn't creating space for people to reciprocate and for people to do that for me. So once I started doing that, it was really cool to see people either drop off or people to step up. And I think that is something really crucial that we need to do 
regularly as women to do check-ins on those are energy leaks too okay so do check-ins on our on our groups like who we're surrounding ourselves with are we overgiving? are we feeling fulfilled are we connecting deep enough because that's really going to determine how everything else in our life is also so to be able to get honest with ourselves about like okay well am i the one that's sustaining all these friendships you know am i the one that's doing all this stuff and i'm not allowing people the space like okay well how about i plug i bring my energy back to me plug those energy leaks allow other people to grow with me in that way and be able to willingly let people go that aren't meant to grow with you because we have to be honest with ourselves and not everybody is meant to go through life with us all the way. Some people are just meant to be there for seasons, you know, and to be okay with letting people go because that is going to help us continue to move on and move forward. So I like to kind of do that pretty regularly where I am much more conscious of it now where before I wasn't. And, you know, most of my friends had, had kids and, you know, are married with kids or single moms. So then it was like, here I am the single one with a lot more like time and energy. So then I found myself over giving a lot. And then it was kind of like, yeah, but then I have less energy to commit to things in my own life because I'm giving it out so freely externally. So kind of really pulling it back to myself, but to be willing Mm -hmm. to be someone that thinks about other people is really important. Cause I know mom life, everybody's told me like, you're just literally trying to survive every day. And it's like, but how can we shift that narrative as women and go from this place of not just surviving to thriving? And then that's where it comes back to surrounding yourself intentionally with women that want to meet you there, that are willing to pick up the phone and see how you're doing and have these reciprocal friendships where we're pouring into each other. But we always have to remember to pour into us first, because if we don't do that, we don't have anything to pour into anybody else. And that's that like scarcity, lack mindset as well to like not be at that place. No, totally. I I think, you know, when we, when we realize that in some ways we do have everything we need, right? And then in other ways, it's like, no, it's okay to ask for what you Mm -hmm. need. That, That becomes a beautiful balance. I think that I had to learn to, and I know we talked about this offline as well. Like I was operating so much like a guy and just Mm -hmm. being very, very like determined and like, I got it and I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna strategize and da, 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 da. And something that, you know, I feel like when I was journaling and talking to God, I was like, I parent like a single parent, even though I have a whole husband right here. And this was months ago. And I brought that up to him and he was like, that's on you. And he was like, I've never, he's like, if I'm around, you don't have to worry about these boys. He's like, but you seem to have your system. So I just let you work your system. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And it's what you said. (laughs) I'm going 80%. So there's only room for you to go 20%. And then you're probably not going to go that 20% because you can't even tell that this is just my 80. You think it's my 100. So you're like, well, y'all are good. And I was like, no. I don't want to operate in that space. And I also, like you said, like, I want to be soft. I want to let you help Mm -hmm. out. I want to let you do your guy thing. Like be the husband, be the dad. Like, so I had to take a step back 
and let some things go. And also just ask and say, yeah, can you just handle this? Like the two weeks that my boys have been gone, I did not cook once. Like my husband literally cooked every single day for us. And my mind was blown because he's an excellent cook. And I already know that, but I was just like, I'm not even asking him to do this. He's just doing it. Like, I'm like, what else am I not asking you to do that you could do if I would just like kind of give you that space to do it? Because I had shared some other things that were bothering me. And then I told him after a few days of noticing like, oh my gosh, I haven't cooked. I texted him and I was like, thank you so much for cooking. I said, you don't realize how much mental space you have freed up in my brain. Like, I'm like, all these new ideas are coming to me because they're, guess what? In the space that normally is meal prep, now there's something else that can go there, right? Like, I'm like thinking of ideas for products and I'm thinking of copy for this new program that I'm launching. And I'm thinking, I'm like, my brain can breathe. And so when you are able to find that sweet spot between understanding that you don't have to outsource loving yourself, you don't have to outsource um, even, like you said, striking up conversation if you hate small talk when someone starts small talk shift it to something else like if they're like oh yeah they say it's gonna be 90 tomorrow (laughs) and you're like yeah you know I really hate the heat because when I was a kid like I would have to sit outside for really long times and so now whenever I think about the heat I think about my childhood and like transition that and see how they they might go with you there or they might be like cool story. I'm going to go talk to that other person because they just want to talk about the weather too. Like, but give, don't just be mad and don't immediately go to that place. We go in our head like, Oh, here comes somebody else. Like with small talk, help them. Some people may not even know how to start a conversation outside of that. And I love that you compared it to an olive branch because they're like, they didn't have to say anything at all. Actually, they could have just given you a good old head nod and kept it walking. Like, so because they said something, take that as a sign that they are trying to make a connection, even if it seems like it's a surface level one. You would be surprised how many people, especially men, are so hungry to be seen and to be heard and to have, like, this is like a whole other conversation in itself. Um, And I've been interviewing, I've been trying to interview more men to really talk about some of these things, but men are really struggling right now in the world. And they're really struggling with like this place of, if I make eye contact with a woman and if I try to talk to her, I'm a creep and they're rejected, but then it's kind of like, but they're so, they're so desperate for connection in this world. That's like so superficial. So I do have like so many men, especially when I go to the gym, that all I have to literally do is like, hi, you know, or something like that, or just literally even like make eye contact and they want to talk and they want to talk about deeper things, you know? And so you'd be surprised to see how many people really just want to connect and be witnessed by someone, but you have to be in that space of doing that for yourself first in order to be able to receive it better. And to just be a space holder and not carry on the weight and take on the weight of other people's problems, because that was definitely a space that I was in for a long time that people would open up to me about really heavy stuff. And I like don't even know them. So I had a really hard time with like, what do I do with that? And I got to this point where it's like, nothing. It's not my problem. Why am I making it my problem? (laughs) No. So having to be honest about that, but to really just know that we are better together and we are meant to be interdependent on each other, but we have to get to that point of independence within ourselves, which 
involves being honest. Where am I not meeting my own needs? It's no one else's job to meet my needs, to take care of me. How can I do that first? But also communicate where I can allow space for someone to come in and lighten that load, especially when you're married, especially when, you know, you have people around that do want to support you. It's so important to get back to that space because we can never find somewhere to meet together if you're going all this way or I'm going all this way or we're in such survival mode that we don't even know how to olive branch each other or don't even how to receive that from somebody else. Totally agree. Totally agree. So to close out here, is there any other tips, tricks, advice, wisdom you want to leave this audience with? Yes, there is a quote by Marion Williamson. And this is like my go-to quote when I start dimming my light, like we were talking about earlier, when I start feeling like I don't have the things that I need when I start feeling like, well, someone else is more talented than me. And so I just really want to share it. And it's been shared in movies and things like that. But if you've never heard it before, buckle up, friend, because this is a good one. Okay. So it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. I'm going to say that part again. It's not just in some of us, for those of you who are like, but that's just Jessica, that's just Bree. No, it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm. Ooh, it's so good, y'all. That is one of my favorites also. Yes, Yes, absolutely. It's so good. So where do people connect and find with you? Yes, please definitely stay connected with me. I'm on Instagram at BeLightFootSmith. I am on LinkedIn, Brianna Lightfoot Smith. And you can also visit my website, BriannaLightfootSmith.com. And like I said, if y'all want that energy audit to help you assess where you're spending your time and energy and where you want to be spending it instead, you can go to BriannaLightfootSmith.com forward slash audit. Awesome. Awesome. Any last words? Bless you. Just thank you so much for allowing me to hold this space with you. This conversation has been so wonderful. It's one of the things that I love about podcasts. Like you, you get to create and cultivate these connections with people and really just, just like, I think it ties what you were saying earlier. It's just that humanity you get to see in someone else. So thanks again for having me. No problem. Well, make sure you like, share, subscribe, share this with anyone and everyone you know that needs to be reminded of their light. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next one. Love you. Bye.